Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. From what you saw on Monday night and from talking with Muss last night, kind of your thoughts on the basketball team thus far? Well, I thought it was a good start. I mean, um, you know, they went out. and I think we are kind of getting an idea of what kind of team we're going to have in terms of the way they're going to play. I think it's going to be a team that attacks the rim. Uh, it's going to be a team that plays above the rim in a lot of different instances. I, I think they're going to be much better defensively inside. I mean, this is a big team. I mean, it's a big team. It's a long team. It's a tall team. Uh, they, um, you know, I'll draw a football analogy. You know, you uh, sometimes watch a team walk in and you see their physical presence. And I think about teams like Georgia and Alabama. And, boy, you realize that's, that's what a football team's supposed to look like. And I think when you look at this basketball team, uh, when they walk into the arena, when they run out onto the floor, I think you look at them and say, man, that's what a basketball team looks like. And, yeah. and you know, there's a lot more to it than that. But I think that is the indicator of, of what type team this is going to be. And the question going around right now, and I'm sure you've gotten it a bunch, what's going on with Nick Smith? When's he going to play? When- yeah, I think that is the question. And, um, you know, from what Muss has said, it's day-to-day. And um, he's listening to the trainers and, um, you know, you're going to take precautions with a player like that. Uh, you should because you want to sign another one. So, um, you know, I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen there. I'm not sure they are at this point. If they are, they're not saying. Right knee management. That, that, that's a, I mean, we, we, we learn all kinds of new terms and phrases in sports. That's a new one for me this week. Yeah, I mean, you know, bottom line is he's he's got a sore knee. I mean, that's the bottom line. Yeah. And when they feel like he can play, he'll play, and um, I don't know that they're going to, you know, be as plentiful with information as maybe people want. I mean, people want to know when's he going to play. Well, <laughs> and I, I don't know, know that now. they're. I don't. I don't. I don't know that they're going to give you that answer right away. Well. But um, you know, obviously, there's something there, and um, enough that they felt like he shouldn't play Monday night, and. I guess we'll see about Friday night. At least they put out a press release and they sent out an email to all the sports media here in Arkansas because sometimes that would have been a situation where you just go to the game and five minutes before you see the starting lineup, Nick's not there. You see him in street clothes and you're like, oh, he's not playing tonight. But they at least had a courtesy to send that out Monday afternoon prior to the game because I think Arkansas well, fans at least appreciated that. And I don't know if the caliber player that Nick is had something to do with it because I think if Dunning or someone else that might not play a lot this season, that happened to him. They're not doing that. Not a chance. Well, probably not. No, um, you know, there's certainly there's a lot of there's a lot of attention around Nick Smith, and I also think too. I mean, we live in an era where 
you know, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much of a spark on social media to, you know, to get things moving around pretty quickly. And I think that was sort of the key on Monday, frankly. Um, I'd gotten some texts about it during the day and some questions, and I didn't know. And, um, you know, obviously as the day went on, we found out. But I think probably speculation has a lot to do with why they did that too. I want to bet Saracen line, Tommy, when someone gets injured over under the amount of text Chuck's get. 50? <laughs> 65? I, you know, I mean, oh, it varies. It varies. If I get 10, Chuck, yeah, that's right. I, I can only imagine how many texts you're getting from different fans and friends that they just expect you to know. That would drive me up a wall. Well, generally, my policy on that has been I find out who's playing when I get to the arena. And, um, you know, that's just sort of the way I've always viewed it, and that's the way I approach it. And, um, you know, we knew before we got there he wasn't going to play this time, as you yeah. say. Hey, before we get to uh, the football team and uh, the upcoming game with LSU, um, what were your thoughts on the college football playoff rankings last night that saw Tennessee slide out of the top four after a loss to Georgia? Well, I mean, you know, they definitely gave the SEC teams that lost a hit, that's for sure. Um, the only thing that really surprised me, I, I thought Michigan might be second over Ohio State, but, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't know that it matters. That was the only thing I saw in the top four that really kind of surprised me. Um, I didn't think Tennessee would stay in there because Georgia beat them decisively. Um, it wasn't as close as the final score indicated, and it wasn't like it was one of those great fourth-quarter games. I mean, the issue was I mean, you knew pretty quickly Georgia was better. So I wasn't surprised Tennessee dropped out. Now, I'm going to tell you, I mean, I think it's – I know that Alabama's not what Alabama's been, but I'd take a nine, or a two-loss Alabama over a one-loss Southern Cal any day of the week. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were some things in there that surprised me. But in terms of the top four, not really. we got to remember this with Alabama. They have lost two games by a total of four points to two teams within the college football playoff top five on the final play of the game. On the road. On the road. In the toughest venue in all of college football, Death Valley, and a Tennessee team that has the best offense in college football. Those are their only two losses this year. But that may be enough to eliminate them. I I was arguing earlier in the show, Chuck, that I think Tennessee's still in the top four. I know they're at five, but... Michigan or Ohio State is going to eliminate each other. I think there's right. very a, a slim chance TCU runs the table the rest of the way. If I'm a Tennessee fan, yeah, I'm hacked off about it, but I wouldn't worry too much about it. I think because of their schedule, who they have left to play, the unlikelihood you got to play in the SEC championship or you get to, maybe this year it's have to. Um, I, think, I think their reservations for the college football playoff should, uh, should be pretty set, honestly. Probably, probably. If they uh, if they went out, there's they probably will be in the top four. The wild card in that is that they won't play on championship Saturday, uh, which means they won't have a chance to win a really big game. Um, and sometimes, depending upon how those championship games fall, um, you know, it would have helped to have played that day and won that day to secure your spot, but. If Tennessee wins out, I mean, obviously they're going to have as good an argument as anybody, you know, unless there's, you know, an undefeated up there. I mean, uh, among the one-loss teams, they're going to have as good an argument as anybody. I mean, because we know Michigan or Ohio State's going to eliminate themselves. I mean, absolutely. And if they don't drop one of those two, the loser of that game out of the top four, boy, the SEC's really got a beef 
with the with the committee based on like you said, if you're going to drop Tennessee out of the top four and drop Bama down to nine with two losses, then you know one one of those teams has to go from the top four, making room uh, for Tennessee to get back in there. I'm kind of worried about the college football playoff selection committee for the first time. I mean, I, uh, um, uh, you know, and I realize it's early and a lot of these games will will take care of some of all this. But, um, you know, they, um, um, you're still leaving this thing in the hands of a committee. Um, and, you know, there's always going to be debate about that. I think that, you know, my impression is, is they've, they're a little more anxious to punish the SEC teams when they lose than uh, maybe some of the others. There are exceptions. Um, you know, LSU's an exception. But I think Tennessee got punished a little much, and I think Alabama made to have them knifed. I just think that's silly. Yeah. So outside of the top five, we'll say, with Tennessee, who do you think has a real legitimate chance to still get there? Oregon's at six. LSU's at seven. USC's at 8, you mentioned Bama at 9, and Clemson at 10. Uh, next week's opponent, Ole Miss, is at 11. Who who amongst those teams, Chuck, do you think really has a, a legitimate shot of cracking the top four still? I don't know what everybody's uh, remaining schedule is. Oregon's a team that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know that – I don't know that they're one of the top four teams in the country, but I think given, you know, who they're going to play – uh, and the fact that I do think they're good, um, I could see Oregon getting in there, even though I don't think they're among the four best teams in the country. They lost to Georgia so long ago that you know people uh, you know people tend to forget about that as you move through the year. So I think they're a possibility. Um, you know, in my mind, and you know, TCU if they run the table they're going to be in but I don't think they're going to win the national championship. I mean to me when I look at the teams that you know has have legit shots to win it still I wouldn't put any of those teams outside the top 5 in that group. But you may have somebody like Oregon, Southern Cal I guess based on record could slip in there if they're a one-loss team but I don't. I don't think any of those teams are going to end up winning the national championship. Oregon's got two top twenty-five teams left. They'll play. Who they got? Utah and Oregon State, and then they'll yeah. also. And that's the two. And if they win out, they'll compete in the Pac-12 championship against USC or UCLA. So technically, they would have three playoff top twenty-five teams remaining. Yeah. I think TCU's losing this weekend. I don't think they're coming out of Austin unscathed. Yeah. So, guys, would Tennessee beat TCU? I think so, yes. Okay. Would, would Tennessee beat Michigan? I think it'd be a great football game. I, I, I think they certainly could. I think Michigan could win that game. I think Tennessee could win that game. Would Tennessee beat Ohio State? And I'm talking neutral field no. and all these. Ohio State. Same, I, would, I, would, I would view Tennessee against Michigan and Ohio State the same way. I, th- I think it'd be a great game. I, I think, think it'd be a great game. I think Ohio State might be the only team that can challenge Georgia both sides of the football this year because I think we saw and I was really high on Tennessee and I thought they were going to beat Georgia and that as you said earlier that wasn't a game they didn't score a touchdown until like four minutes to go yeah I mean and they got the ball like first three minutes of the game Georgia fumbles Tennessee's inside Georgia's 50 and you can't do anything with that so we've spent the better part of the last three or four minutes talking about there's really only three or four or five or there's only Two or three teams not in the top four that might have a chance to get there. And in that top four, what we just determined is 
We really only think two teams are worthy of, of a national championship, likely. Maybe three. Why do we need I to think ex- that's right. Why do we need to and, expand and, the playoffs? And, so why do well, we need 12? And, and, right. That's, 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 that's one of I mean, this is not basketball. This is not basketball. Um, you know, it's, you're, you're, you're not going to have David versus Goliath upsets in, in a football playoff like you do in basketball. It's not going to happen. You'll have a one-off. I mean, you'll have a one-off every once in a while. You'll, you'll, you'll have one of the, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 teams pull off an upset. But to win a national championship, you're going to have to do that three weeks in a row, two or three weeks in a row. And I, I just, in football, that doesn't happen. Yeah. You, the one team that if you want to look at, maybe not the roster, but what their setup is the rest of the way, it's Ole Miss. Ole Miss gets Bam at home this weekend. They get Arkansas on the road next weekend, and they host Mississippi State. And they, we got to remember, they only have one SEC loss. It's the LSU. Yeah, but it was a bad one. It was, but to a LSU. two-loss team, to a two-loss team. Yes, but I don't know if LSU. No one I don't views know. them better than Tennessee, though. Ole Miss, correct. Yeah. I, I I don't think so. But the path to L- LSU has to still beat Arkansas this weekend, and I know A and M's not good, but they still got to beat. A&M in college. I think that game's in College Station, too. Yeah, it is in College Station. There's no guarantee that LSU's going to go undefeated. Yeah, but if they Ole beat Man- Georgia, that, that really rocks the apple cart. If they're a two-loss SEC champion with a win over the number one team in Georgia, now the committee's got a lot of problems. So what do you do in that situation, Chuck, if Tennessee has one loss? And I don't think they'll do that. They're going to win out the next three. If Georgia's only loss is to, that would be LSU, and then LSU got throttled at home to the balls earlier this year, but they still won the SEC championship. You have three teams with a, a very viable case. Georgia's in, but do you put LSU the SEC champion, or do you put Tennessee, the team that beat them in their house, in or all three? Or all three. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think all three would get in in that scenario. And, and there's a lot of ifs there. Um, it's hard to say because you're going to have to watch the games play out, and the eye test is going to have a lot to do with it. But in that scenario, I would say probably Tennessee would be out. Um, I would I would say that LSU would get in based on having beaten Georgia and based on the fact that their loss to Florida State came on opening weekend. Um, if, 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 if that's the scenario that played out, I think Tennessee would be hurt by the fact that they don't play on championship Saturday. And uh, I think that, you know, what happened most recently would probably be at the front of the committee members' minds. But, you know, again, it's a lot of ifs. I mean, we just, you know, a lot of things have to happen for that scenario to play out. Hey, let me talk specifically to those of you who are in the market to sell a home or buy a home. Um, And I know some of you are right now. And, you know, if you read the news every day, you realize that, you know, housing market seems to change every day. and, And you can read all sorts of information about it. When you deal with someone from from Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company, what you're going to deal with is someone who's a trained professional, someone who understands the nuances of the market, someone who understands how to negotiate a price, whether you're the buyer or the seller. And most importantly, you're going to get someone who understands how to get you from contract to close. Because whether you're the buyer or the seller, uh, that's, that's the bottom line. And what I can tell you about my experience with Weikert Realtors, the Griffin Company, is that as both a buyer and a seller, uh, I couldn't have been happier with the way it ended. And I had all the questions that I had answered by a trained professional. And I think that... 
experience, too. They've got an office in Fayetteville and Springdale. They've got another one in Bentonville. They're in Fort Smith. They've opened an office recently in Branson, Missouri. You're going to see their yellow signs, and you can log on to WeikerGriffin.com. Coach Pittman's already put emphasis on this LSU game before. They want to keep the boot at home. Guys, this is Brian Kelly's first crack at this rivalry. Mm. How do you think he approaches it this week? I was listening to him, and it didn't seem to be any extra added emphasis on this being a rivalry game for that trophy. You know, and this game reminds you of the of the game that went to the deep freeze and LSU lost because we're getting that cold front that's going to push in. Now, it's not going to be as cold as it was that night, Chuck, but uh, them Cajuns don't like that cold weather. Now, that, that cold front's going to go all the way to the Gulf Coast, so they're going to get a bit of it before they get here, but... Um, I think Brian Kelly, he may be used to that cold weather from being from South Bend in his recent stop, but these players are still going to have an adjustment, just like Arkansas's will to a degree, uh, with the conditions that Saturday's game will be yeah, played. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be cold. I was looking at the extended forecast. I think the kickoff time temperature may not even be 40 degrees. Yeah. I think it's going to be in the upper 30s when they kick it off, and it, it's going to be cold for that night game against Ole Miss, I would imagine, and that's, um, you know, that's something that could play into Arkansas's advantage. I mean, I think there's the potential for it to do that. Um, I don't think they're thinking about the boot this week, frankly, in Baton Rouge. I, I just I just don't. Um, I don't know that they think about the boot nearly as much as we think about the boot, um, just to be frank about it. And um, I don't think it'll have any effect on LSU's preparation at all this week. Is that an advantage for Arkansas? It's always this, been an advantage. It's game. always been an advantage. Um, you just, just like, just like, um, it means more to Missouri to beat us than it does us to beat Missouri. And it means more to us to beat LSU than it means to LSU to beat us. If that makes sense. I realize I garbled that up, but you get the gist of what I'm saying. Um, this is a rivalry that we created just like the battle line rivalry was created by a sponsor from Columbia, Missouri. (laughs) Um, let's just be honest here. And um, so, yeah, I think there have been years when we were not nearly as good as LSU. And we played them a great game and a lot of times beat them because it is a rivalry to us. And I think conversely that we've never understood what that Missouri or what the game with us means to Missouri. And I don't think LSU's ever understood what the game means to us when we play them. And uh, I think that's why we've beaten them sometimes when we shouldn't have. So argue for why this is another year where every almost matchup seems to be in favor of LSU. Argue why this is a year, even though Arkansas looks outmatched, they still have a a chance to compete and win this football game at home. When you bring up the boot and some things that you you hope are motivators, I, I come back to what I said 20 minutes ago or so. I don't think you need any more motivation than last week's game if you're Arkansas. Why can this one be a little different? I think there's some factors, you know, outside of the top 22, which LSU's is probably better top to bottom. Arkansas's better in a few spots. Chuck, this team should need a, a boot to motivate them, a trophy game, a, a rivalry. Arkansas should just be motivated by the lack of performance last week. I'm and sure they are. Themselves. Yeah, and, and look, what, what, what happened last week is not always an indicator of what's going to happen this week. I mean, you know, that's just how it works. I don't expect LSU to play with the same emotion that they played with last week. I don't. Now, they may, but I doubt it. And I expect Arkansas to play with a much different emotion than they did last week. 
I don't think we'll see the same emotional effort from Arkansas we saw a week ago. I think it'll be better. Now, you know, um, LSU's playing well. There's no doubt about that. LSU's playing well. But Arkansas, I mean, again, we talk a lot about how those odds makers always seem to know what they're talking about. Uh, this is a, what, a field goal game in terms of the pick. Um, I think people look at this and realize that this is a new week, it's a new game, and um, Arkansas and LSU generally play close games. Let's talk to Jimmy and Conway. What's up, Jimmy? Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, that's just something about uh, something about LSU. Uh, uh, over the last 15, 20 years, they have had every bit as much talent as Alabama. But when we play LSU, we believe we can beat them. I don't believe we believe we can beat Alabama. But there's something about LSU that they get up for and they want to fight those guys. I hope they beat them. But uh, if they come out sleepwalking again, it, things going to start to turn on Sam if he don't get it turned around. I don't know, but we can't have no more sleepwalking games. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Jimmy. I, I tend to think that they're going to come out firing. To Chuck's point, you weren't better in 07. You weren't better in 08. You probably weren't even better in 2010 when you won that game in Little Rock. At least from a talent perspective, you won all those games. 2014, same way. I mean, you look at some of these wins where LSU's either on the high side of the rankings or just ranked and you're not. You still found a way to win. It has been eight years since you've won this football game in Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Last time you did it was... Brett Bielema's first SEC win back in 2014. Guys, I can't believe it's been that long since you beat these guys at home. It's been a while, you know, and I mean, I I don't know that that'll have anything to do with what happened Saturday, but it would be nice to beat them in Fayetteville Saturday, that's for sure. You know, the big question, I think everybody, and we'll get into this more, but, you know, KJ and how's his health coach talked about that on Monday. He thought he was in a better spot, I guess, on Monday versus last Monday, and to me, those you know, that, that's the number one factor is, is uh, you know, how, how's KJ going to be able to go on Saturday and what percentage is he at? Yeah, I mean, you know, you obviously need him to be as good as he can be. Um, I think the big thing Saturday is going to be how do you respond up front. I think that's the big thing. Uh, on the offensive line, uh, who's going to set the tone physically? Um, you know, that's, that, that to me was, was the difference this past Saturday. Arkansas never set the tone physically. And, in fact, you know, the other guys did. Who's going to do that this week? Basketball is back, and Bet Online is your number one source. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B L E A V. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. 
Simeon Blair was talking about the importance of this LSU game coming up last night. Here's what he had to say. It's a lot on the line for this game. We want to get both eligible this game. We want to bring the boot back home this game. And also we want to beat another rival. So it's a lot on the line for this game. And I feel like everyone around the facility feels that. And I feel like that's what's driving us because we know this is a big game. And it will be a huge win for us this year. It's not like keeping the boot in the football facility isn't a big deal. But Chuck, you said earlier, this game puts you in a bowl. Well, that's the biggest thing about this week is it puts you in a bowl game and gets you back on track and makes you feel like that the season's still salvageable. Um, you know, that's that's you know that, that that goes beyond a trophy. Trophy's important, but the most important thing is becoming bowl eligible and winning a football game because when you lose like you did last Saturday, the only thing that cures that's winning a football yeah. game. Period. And um, they got to find a way to do that. It moves the conversation around our state off liberty. That everybody's disappointment in the Liberty game is front and center in the conversation. You win this game, I'm not saying it's forgotten, but no one's talking about the Liberty game any longer. They're talking about beating LSU. Well, I mean, it just kind of depends on which side of the fence you sit on. There, there. Look, there are going to be people, and I know this. They people have not forgotten Texas A&M. They may not forget Liberty either, and I get that. But all you can do is, you know, if you go out and beat LSU. Maybe not everything's forgotten, but maybe it's forgiven until you play Ole Miss. Um, you know, but that's just how it works. I mean, that's just, uh, you know, you live week to week, and they understand that. Spoil that LSU season. He can do it on Saturday. Got the news that Layden Blocker, five-star commit, is signing with Arkansas on November the 12th. That's in the coming days. I know people are excited to see Layden. He played at Little Rock Christian. They transferred to Sunrise Christian. Never got a chance to see him live, but he has flown up the recruiting rankings. And I think right now that's Arkansas's, I think that's their only commit in this class for Musk right now. I need to double check on that. But yeah, it's big news that he is signing this week. Yeah, an early signing period, something that uh, we'll see around the country how many of these top shelf guys sign. Arkansas has built a program, tie that's in the running for, for all these guys. I mean, there's really not a player out of reach anymore for Arkansas. Mm -hmm. That's the exciting thing. Got us some national love from guys, and you think about Eric Musselman, how popular he is on social media. That gets into different players, different high schools, AAU, EYBL, all across the country. So good news to see that Layden is signing this week. Chuck Sam Pittman live tonight. Uh, back again right here, 7 o'clock, ESPN Arkansas, hit that line.com. Uh, what do you think is going to be the point of emphasis from Sam tonight? Well, first off, we're going to have Quincy McAdoo there tonight. Good. And uh, I'm looking forward to visiting with him. Ricky Stromberg's going to be there tonight. So we'll have uh, we'll have both of them. I'm, I'm looking forward. I always enjoy talking to Ricky. I've never had a chance to visit with Quincy. And uh, particularly after the game he had on Saturday, I'm looking forward to visiting with him. You know, the, the, the thing about the coaches' shows, whether it's basketball or football, when I say this with respect to Coach Pittman and Coach Muss, um, it's the players that, you know, excite the the attendees the most. I mean, you know, KJ last week, and I know it's going to be fun tonight. And so both those guys will be good, I'm sure. Well, and I imagine when it's an in-state player, unless it's like KJ and your star quarterback, those in-state players probably get a little bit louder applause too. Well, they probably do. Uh, I mean, um, you know, Quincy played a great game. I mean, when you block a punt, when you intercept a pass, and, and, you know, let's not forget, I mean, they picked on him, and, and just as you would expect anyone to. 
I mean, you got a guy playing for the first time in terms of appreciable minutes. I mean, they threw at him. He broke up a pass in the end zone, too. So anybody that plays a game like that, you're going to, you know, they're going to clap for you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, when you hear his story and you realize that this is a kid that's living his dream and he is an in-state kid, I think people appreciate that. That's going to do it for your hog update. It is brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888-8-SPARKY. So we got a text in, and I kind of agree with it, kind of disagree with it, talking about how they felt like the Texas A&M game wasn't just one loss. It kind of inched over into the other games. Guys, if you're Sam Pittman and this staff and the rest of the players, how do you not let what happened this past Saturday hit you and impact you in these remaining three games? I think the sense of urgency of getting to a bowl game, um, redeeming yourself, number one, off that performance because taking away nothing from Liberty, but Arkansas just played poorly. Now, Liberty had some to do with that, but Arkansas played their worst game and surprisingly was at the offensive line. But redeeming yourself, and I think like we've hit around all, all morning, this this bowl eligibility thing is – it's got to be a driving force. If it's not motivating you, Chuck, I, I don't know how to explain that. It, why it isn't. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't. Uh, um, you know, you bounce back from a loss like Liberty by you know playing a whole lot better the next week. The thing is, you know, given the schedule, given the fact that it's LSU, I mean, you may play better and still not win. I mean, that's 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 the reality, also. But I would imagine that. You know, I've said it before, and I'll, I'm sure I'll say it again between now and Saturday. I, I would expect them to play with a chip on their shoulder. I think they've had it all week long, and um, I don't think anybody's been in a good mood, and I don't think they'll be in a good mood again until they win a game. So I don't think it's so much, you know, you can't change Liberty. You can't change what happened last Saturday. And so, you know, you've still got to get, you've still got to, get to six for starters, and you got a chance to do that this week. You mentioned – wanting to make a bowl. I know all of us listening and talking right now agree. Has the college football playoff dampered bowl games? And with the expansion, are we going to see that? We've seen players opt out. I would assume there might be a player to Arkansas that would opt out of this. Is that still a big deal to the players? Not the staff, the players. Well, Well, that's already happened, though. That's already happened in the last five years. I mean, we've seen guys opt out. I mean, yeah, there's... There's going to be guys opt out all over college football. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. What does this LSU football game, this rivalry, the battle for the Golden Boot mean to you? 877-377-6963. Been a lot of great games over the years, some marquee wins. What does this game mean to you guys? It's always an important game. Usually, I mean, in the past, it's changed since Alabama changed the dynamics. You had like 11 years where the outcome of this game affected who was going to go to Atlanta. 
Um, but necessarily that Arkansas wins and they go and LSU loses and they don't. But uh, the winner needed one of those teams needed to win those that game. So Chuck, for a long time at the end of the year, it meant a whole lot. And I think that's one reason we consider it such a rivalry because of it was a game of consequence for so long. I don't like LSU. I've never liked them, and uh, I'm not embarrassed to say that. I don't know that it's a, um, you know, as I've said, I, I don't know that it means as much to them as it does to us. I think you're on to something there, though, because, you know, that game when it was the Friday after Thanksgiving, not only was sometimes um, a championship on the line for one of the teams, but, you know, I always felt like that game was the impetus into recruiting. That was the... Um, you know, that was the game that gave you some momentum uh, heading into that recruiting period. Now, it was different than you didn't have the early signing period like you do now. But, you know, that was the game that I always felt like sort of, you know, gave you an idea about how the next couple of months in recruiting was going to go. So from that standpoint, it's, it's, it's always meant something. Look, we needed a rival when we left the Southwest Conference, and we picked LSU. And uh, they didn't pick us, we picked them. And so it's always meant more to us than it has maybe to them. And, um, you know, it's, it's a big game. I mean, it's a big game because LSU year in and year out has as good a talent as anybody. And if you beat LSU, you feel like you've beat one of the, one of the blue bloods, so to speak, of the SEC. And so when you win that game, I do, I do think it means more. Yeah, and let's not forget Arkansas is trying to get bowl eligible. I mean, that that that's something we thought we would have behind us after last week's game. But from from that standpoint, I mean, it's obvious we've talked about it. You got to win one of the last three. I mean, I know they'd like to get that that proverbial monkey off their back with a win this week. I think, yeah, I think I think winning a game and getting bowl eligible, frankly, is more important than that trophy. I mean, now they all go together. You know, you can't have those other things without that trophy. But I think the biggest thing this week is winning a dang game. I mean, I don't care who you're playing or what the what the stakes are in terms of trophies. I mean, you need to win a game. I was talking to my sports radio friend in Houston, Texas, named Chris Gordy. He's an LSU grad, and he was kind of making fun of the Golden Boot. And I was like, man, I really actually care about this game. LSU fans don't even care about this game. I don't, And I think that kind of leeches into the players. A little bit. I've always had. Well, that I think that I think LSU views us as inferior, just like we view Missouri as inferior, and that's why that trophy doesn't mean as much to us as it does to them. And this is why the boot doesn't mean as much to LSU as it does to us. When we came into the league, we were climbing. We're still climbing. Um, you know, LSU sees themselves as being an established SEC power. They see themselves as being at the point that we want to get to. Now, I'm not saying they're right or wrong. I'm just saying that's how they view it. That's why I enjoy beating them. Does it, um, go ahead. Well, finish your point. No, I'm done. I was going to say, does this game survive with the reconfiguration of the SEC? It's just one of the teams. You think it's Oklahoma, Missouri, do you say LSU? No, those are the teams I'd like to play every year. I don't know that you know. I think Ole Miss ends up. Ole Miss and Missouri end up in your configuration, and you get, you know, either Oklahoma or uh, you know. Texas I don't think LSU that. will be an every year opponent. I don't, either. I don't think LSU will be a permanent opponent when this thing all settles. Now, how you know 
how all these trophy games that everybody plays are going to be affected. This is not going to be the only one. But um, I don't know that when the thing is all reconfigured, we're going to play them every year anymore. Does Oklahoma have a chance to be a bigger rival to Arkansas than LSU has been with the proximity well, of Fayetteville to Norman? We're just going to have to see how it plays out. I think if you live you know, in South potentially. Ar- if you live in South Arkansas, you probably have a different perspective. You know, if you live south of Camden somewhere in our state versus, you know, where we all have spent our, our lives growing up on the western side of Arkansas where you border Oklahoma, you know, and even though Fayetteville's 30 or 40 miles off the border, I promise you in Siloam Springs the conversation with Oklahoma fans is a little bit different. Uh, I promise you this week in South Arkansas, Chuck, the conversation is a little bit different because particularly post-Katrina 15 years ago or whatever that's been now, you know, there's a lot of – uh, a lot of LSU Tigers that move across the border. Well, it's always dependent upon, in my opinion, which part of the state you live in. Um, you know, if you live in the eastern side of the state, I mean, if you live in the Delta, if you live in Helena, there's no bigger game than Ole Miss. I mean, none. Um, if you live in El Dorado, uh, if you live down in Junction City, I mean, there's no bigger game than LSU. Um, if you live in Texarkana, uh, when they start playing Texas every year, and I think they will, that's going to, I mean, there's no bigger game. So, I mean, it just kind of depends on where you are. If you live in northwest Arkansas or you live on the western wall when the years that they play Oklahoma, that's going to be a huge game. And, look, if you live in Mountain Home, <laughs> that Missouri game probably means more to you than it does if you live in Benton because just the geography of it all. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. They're Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by V's Barbershop with two locations in Rogers and Bentonville. Visit V's Barbershop online at vbarbershop.com or in person and see why V's is a cut above the rest. So I promised our audience beefs this morning. This one comes from JT and Hot Springs. He says he's tired of the fan base getting screwed over. The fan base fights for the program with passion and pride. and He doesn't feel like the program is fighting back with that same passion. He's neat. He's uh, in the need in the fact that no one in the football facility has shown that passion or pride or seen the way that fans do. He wants to see it. He wants to see it from the coaches, the players, and the support staff. And he thinks they should be seven and two instead of five and four. Quit walking around like everything is fine. It's not fine. Y'all's response to JT and Hot Springs beef this morning. We always want more. I mean, there's never been a fan base anywhere, even. The undefeated teams want one more win somehow. So, I mean, I think there's a people, a lot of people that share his frustration, Chuck. You just, you feel like this season could have been a lot more, but but it isn't yet. Well, I mean, the idea that there's not passion in the building is silly. I mean, I don't know, I don't know how else to respond to it other than that. I mean, the idea that there's no passion in that building is is as far-fetched an idea as there is. And just because people aren't yelling and screaming every day and giving you your pound of flesh, and just because they lost a game on Saturday, you think they should have won, doesn't mean there's not passion in the building. I mean, um, I can assure you (laughs) there's plenty of passion in that building. Why do fans always think that they have more passion than players and coaches? Why has that been a thing? They want people to be as tight. People People want someone to be as mad as they are. When your team loses, you're mad. You want somebody on that team to be as mad as you are. 
to say the same things you're saying. You want validation for your anger. I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, why is it we it's think... It's not a deep question. I, I mean, th- this is not a deep issue. I, I mean, I, I'm not being disrespectful of JT, but I mean, they lost a game he thought they were going to want. Uh, he, he, he thought they should have won, so that doesn't mean there's not any passion. It means they lost a game. Why is it that a coach or a player or somebody has to be yelling and screaming and losing their mind, jumping up and down to be be locked in on something, to be passionate or angry. But then when a coach is yelling at another coach or, or say there's a heated moment, a now problem. they hate each other. I, I've it's never understood why fans view things that way, as though people can't get upset or if you're not upset, you don't care. I mean, I, I just, you know, we overreact to the lack of overreaction, I guess. Well, I think people, when they're mad, they want somebody to be as mad as they are. That's just human nature, not just with sports, with anything. Yeah. If you're mad about something, you want the guy next to you to be mad too. Well, here's something I'm mad about this morning. This is something that just frustrates me and, and just peeves it. me off. You go to your favorite restaurant, and particularly this is a, a problem with the national chains right now. You pull into the parking lot, there's not a place to park. And it's really not a time of the day or a day of the week. It should be overly busy, like 2 o'clock last Saturday afternoon. Group I was with, we pull in, there's no good parking spots. But by God, on the side of the building, there are 18 curbside-to-go spots right next to the handicap spots that are now cordoned off at any of the major restaurants, you know, where they've got literally like 10 or 12 curbside-to-goes, and no one's parked in any of these ever. That sounds like Walmart. You go to Sam's, you go to Walmart, exactly. Everywhere we go, the best parking spots, we've always had the handicap spots up front for those that need them. Now we've taken the 15 next best spots for no one to park there or no one to be able to use them because we're waiting on the curbside to go that is parked now post-COVID. They're not going to tow you. Well, you're probably right. That's probably what we should do. But, but Tommy that's Kraft. something. <laughs> yeah, I've got the card. I'll just put the I the like curbside to go. Well, sure, but we I don't like need 15 of them, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck. That's the popular thing now, man. Well, curbside to go is the end thing. Well, Chuck, well, yeah. if Chuck walks in, he's yeah, going to get mean, mobbed by know, 15, exactly, 20 people. It's different for hardly, someone. Hardly. I can assure you that's not true. It's different, different for someone. But we don't it. need 15 of these things. Listen, you man. Know. They're not going to tell you. I, I feel it's just validated what you just said. All you <laughs> got to do wrong? is park right. No, you're right. You just park there and say, what, and say, sir, you're not supposed to make me. What are you going to do? Look that little 16-year-old in the eye and say, what are you going to do? Now, don't add anything else to after and what are you going to do because that would be Tough disrespectful. Guy, yeah. Just park there. Tough guy. talk. He's yeah. old talk. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm just giving people advice. This is yeah. a... Uh, what, not <laughs> practice what you advice, practice. Do what as you I say, not as yeah. I do. Exactly, there you go. exactly. Now you have that well, beef. We need we need about three or four of these curbside to go. So they're, they're just simply not that busy. Well, I understand. We're when, post COVID. I mean, some use it. It is convenient. We need we need fewer of those. I don't like. I like eat. If I'm going to eat somewhere, I'm going to eat in the restaurant. The food's cold by the time I get home. I that's, agree. That's my process. That's my thought process on that. That's your beef. My beef is that as soon as Halloween ended. It's almost like Christmas had begun. There are Christmas decorations everywhere as of November the 1st. And I just don't understand. We, we bypassed Thanksgiving. We bypassed all of November. I thought for the longest period of time when I was growing up, it was you had Thanksgiving, then the Christmas decorations popped up. Are you talking about in stores, like where they're selling it? Everywhere. Or you... I'm talking about decorations. I'm talking well, about stores. I'm talking about people. Stores got to have it out to sell it. 
But I'll say Do you this. decorate your house for Thanksgiving time, or we do you decorate your house for Christmas? We don't do either. I live in a house with two dudes. That That is not yeah. on our list of priorities, to be honest. Well, I'll but say my this. Family well, my, my guess would be, and I don't know this because I'm not a big decorator either, but my guess would be you sell a lot more Christmas decorations than you do Thanksgiving decorations. Mm-hmm. Or so, Halloween I mean, you can only put you can put you can only put out so many leaves and pumpkins. Yeah. I mean, uh, um, you know, you can only do that. Whereas with Christmas, I mean, you know, the potential's endless. Yeah, I'm kind of like you guys. I'm not a big decorator. They, if they left yeah. it up to me to support that part the of the Lord economy, <laughs> well, to to a degree. But when you go through the effort. And you do put up the tree, and you do hang the lights, and you do this, and you do that. It's a hell of a lot of work. So if I'm going to do all that work, I'm going to enjoy it a little bit longer. I like to see it, but you're not going to catch me up on a ladder putting up Christmas lights. Um, you know, that's, yeah, just that's, take me that's, to that's Silver Dollar City for one day, and I'm That's I'm not my deal. Yeah. That's exactly the way I am. I'm not going to lie. I kind of envisioned Chuck Barrett as the, if for those that have seen Deck the Halls, the Matthew Broderick and Danny DeVito movie where they have a competition of who can build the better Christmas house. I just, I figured it was Razorback-themed Christmas stuff all outside of no, Chuck's house. No, I'm not, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not a big decorator, Ty. I'm not either, man. I, it doesn't make any sense. It's just wasted work to me, Tommy. Well, and, Y'all need to get more passionate about it. You need to be yelling and screaming at somebody. You, I need, guess. To be, you need to be upset about this. My my room is just covered in razor. Hey, Chuck, you have no passion for the holidays. It's not the holiday, Chuck. You've seen there's Z- no passion in this building for it. You've seen Z's house, right? In St. Vincent, how that thing from head to toe is just covered in razor. I've actually there. never been there, but I've heard stories. Okay, that's what my room. I actually got my room design from Matt Zimmerman. If for those that don't know what his room in um his parents house looks like it is i'm not there's not an inch of wallpaper you can see because it is covered in something razorback related it's one of the i walked in there for the first time because my grandma and his grand or his parents are friends and i was just enamored as soon as i walked in i said this is what my room's gonna look like because my my parents wouldn't let me have like three or four things on the wall and now my room is just covered from head to toe in sports stuff because of matt zimmerman Easily enamored, I say. You know, very, I very, say. I was gonna yeah. say. very yeah. easily, easily um, distracted, and uh, I guess what's the word? Well, no. I don't know. I don't but, know, but uh, I can't think of you know impacted. I don't know. That's probably what I was looking for. Z's like fifty something years old, man. It might be time to take that stuff down. <laughs> it's a relic. <laughs> well, that's sort it's of the a relic. Still has a, a room in their parents' house it's at that point. Yeah. But that, that's a different discussion. But one thing I got to be honest with you, Ty. I uh, I took down all my sports posters when I, you know, maybe twenty, thirty years ago. Yeah. So what is that? Is that my age? 59, 23? Yeah, I guess that's about yeah. where I'm at. You're about you're about yeah. that point. I tell you one thing, you need Ty, and I think Chuck would agree with this. You need a haircut, and there's one place you should go to get that hair trimmed. You should go to V's Barbershop. Yeah, you Ty, need, it's a full you service barbershop. You need a holiday haircut is what you need. So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, they, they actually do a lot more than a haircut there. They could they could really clean you up and have you looking good. Yeah. They look like believe at V's. Right now. You look like, a, you look like right. a homeless man. They believe at V's that a haircut should be a ritual, kind of like the old days, hearkening back to a simpler day. When uh, they had real barber chairs and old-fashioned hot leather and straight-edge razors. And V's Barbershop really does set a new standard for barbershops. And it's not just a haircut. 
um, mustache trim, deluxe beard trim, standard beard trim, neck shave. They'll shine your shoes. Now, they've got services for seniors. They've got services for kids. And you can probably get into a pretty good sports discussion in there as well. They've also got convenient locations. If you're in Bentonville, they're on Southwest 14th Street, just off 71 Business. If you're in Rogers, they're in the Pleasant Crossings Shopping Center. They've got two locations in Little Rock as well, one on Cantrell Road, one on Chennault Parkway, or you can log on to vbarbershop.com. You'll be happy to know I'm supposed to be getting a haircut and a beard trim right before Thanksgiving pictures. Mm. So I'll go by and see wow. Jeff and the gang at V's to get this whole mess figure you got out. got a beard? Well. <laughs> well. It's no shame November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks, looks good. like you started about in September. Your beard, it, look, it looks good down low. It's just yeah. look it up top because it looks like yeah. blonde. Uh, Patches. That's yeah, a little patchy, but it's... uh. It's not pure. I can't think of what this is called up yeah. here, but it's uh, it's not great. I wish uh, my dad can grow a decent beard. I can. Let's talk to Sterling in Center Ridge. What's up, Sterling? Oh, nothing much, guys. And I was going. I was talking about uh, a little bit of what your beef and and a little bit about the Hogs. Uh, I'd be very surprised if the Hogs don't play a very strong game come Saturday morning. Uh, if they don't, and we have another back-to-back performance, then I'm going to be. Uh, to put it in a kind of like a my analogy I come up with is I still love Pittman. I still think he's a fine coach. And I think he's the right man for the job. And the honeymoon may be over. I think we just fell into the marriage. But after Saturday, we had our first fight. We had our first fight. Even though I don't put it on them, I put it on the players. But it just can't happen again. And this is our first fight. Is where I put it with, with uh Remind me that you still with Pittman, but we still we still good and we still gonna we still gonna stay married. And my my beef is playoff expansion and and that's about all sports this day and age. Uh, I didn't like it in the NFL this last time. Joe don't like to play in in the NBA. Uh, I don't like how baseball is added more teams. I mean, I I think this dilutes the regular season. And you know, if you're gonna stand in the college football playoff, why do we have to go all the way to twelve? We couldn't just go to we couldn't just go up two to six or money, or eight. money, Sterling. I mean, pretty simple. Answer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what all the expansion. That's the reason for for all of it is is money. But I mean, hey, don't you come to the point where you eventually going to dilute the the product you putting out there? They don't care. I mean, I just, they don't care. It's money, man. Well, but 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 Sterling's point's well made. I, I mean, there's no question that expanded playoffs have diluted the product. There are too many teams in the postseason in professional sports. Mm-hmm. And even though we have a four-team playoff right now, I mean, we still know that there are probably only two or three teams that really have a realistic chance of winning the national championship. It's all for television. It's all for money. Um, football is a sport of attrition. And there are going to be key players that get hurt, I promise you. And um, this is not basketball. Expanding the playoff is not going to make the product better. It just means we're going to have a couple more weeks of football to watch. That's what it means. Football is the only sport we still pay attention and watch from the edge of our seat the regular season. Major League Baseball, we don't. NBA, we don't. You know, college basketball, we don't. Football, guys, professional and college is still the only sport left where the regular season is viewed week to week 
with a level of importance, and then it ramps up for the playoffs. So the playoffs have gotten expanded in all these other sports, and then football's following suit because those are the only times they can draw a mass audience in the other does, sports. Does this kill it? Does this kill the college football regular season? No, but I think what it doesn't do is have this dramatic change people are hoping for, that now maybe my team or my program can get there because there's 12 teams and we'll win a national title. That's We're still going to see the Goliaths beat the Goliaths in the, in the championship game. See, we got to approach it from the Arkansas vantage point. We haven't done that yet. This is huge for Razorback football. There hasn't been one time in the last... 30-some-odd years where you've been even a top-four team in college football outside of maybe 2011 where your only two losses were to the national championship competitors. From an Arkansas vantage point, this is good. You have a chance to actually get in. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're going to win the national championship because you're still a long way off from that. But if you want to look at it from the Razorback Fayetteville vantage point, this is the best thing that can happen to you as a college football program is expanding the playoff. But I think it actually moves you further away from a national championship because unless things dramatically change, you'd have to win at least four in the playoff probably, unless Arkansas got one of those buys. And then probably two or three leading up to that, unless things dramatically change, I just don't see you winning we're six not, or seven in a row. Arkansas, you may be in the playoff, but I don't think you're any closer to a national title. We're not a national championship program, though. We haven't been in how hoping, many years? But you're hoping to be. You're hoping to be. This is a way where you can maybe seep back into that category. You haven't been, and how long has it been since you can actually legitimately call yourself a well, national championship program? Well, I, th I think, you know, if you want to talk about who an expanded playoff would help, let's take this year for, uh, for an example. Who would it help? I think it would help Alabama. Mm -hmm. I think it would help a two-loss Alabama. It would help a two-loss LSU. I, th I think when you look at it, it it's just going to vary year to year. If you had 12 teams this year, Alabama's not out of it, whereas like right now a lot of people think they are. But um, – you know, if the purpose of all this is to crown a national champion, you don't need to do 12 teams. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com.
Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Chuck, I'm not rooting for Texas, but I think a lot of people would like the chaos, and, and I think one loss for TCU does them in for the playoff. Yeah, I think one loss and they're out. But I'm not sure they're going to be uh, – I'm not sure Texas is going to beat them. I mean, TCU's playing well, and I'm not sure Texas is all that good, to be honest with you. So I know it's in Austin, and Texas may pull it off. And, it, you know, it certainly would simplify the TCU question if they did. But um, – if they run the table, they're going to be in. But if they lose once, they're out. That's for sure. As an Arkansas fan, would you rather see somehow, some way, three SEC teams make it or everyone outside of Georgia to lose and just have one? How do you feel from where we're sitting this morning? I feel like I want Tennessee to make it because I think Arkansas more closely resembles Tennessee and where you're at with your program. And, hey, the right quarterback and the right mix of players at the right spots, things line up. That could you you could see yourself being in Tennessee's position a lot easier, Chuck, than than I can see Arkansas being in Georgia or Alabama's position. Even though Alabama appears to be on a very narrow, skinny path, maybe unfairly so, to back to the back to the playoff. I, I you know I, I don't I don't know that it really has any effect on Arkansas one way or the other whether they get two or three in. To be real honest, but um, I think the league's going to have a strong case depending upon how it plays out. I mean, they may not have any case at all. Um, you know, it's we we still have a tendency to want to you know wrap this thing up into a little bow right now, and there are so many things that can still happen. Um, you know, there's there's no guarantee that the winner of the Ohio State Michigan game doesn't lose another game too. I mean, there's there's no guarantee of that. They probably won't, but you don't know that. So, um, you know, I I I think anybody's going to have a hard time beating Georgia. I, I, ju- I just think when you look at it right now, I, I just think whoever Georgia plays is going to have a hard time winning that game. It's hard to disagree with that. The reason I bring that up is when Arkansas baseball finished out their season, Dave Van Orn always has a postseason press conference. And I asked him, I said, Coach, does it make it easier to recruit or more difficult to recruit in the fact that two SEC West teams just won the title back-to-back years. Mississippi State two years ago, Ole Miss this past season. And I'm forgetting his answer, but I think there's positives and negatives to that. Tommy, to your point, Tennessee, I feel like, is more close to Arkansas, closely resembled. But at the same time, if LSU's in, and maybe you're down to a kid that's deciding between LSU and Arkansas, and he see the Tigers just went to the national championship and you didn't, you might lose out on that kid. I'm just saying, you know, I'm not saying it's the, the, the blueprint you follow, but... I just think, you know, Tennessee's kind of they, – they've been on a, a two- or three-year steady climb. You can just see yourself getting in the position they have for one year. I don't think – you know, I may be wrong, but, Chuck, I don't think Tennessee's about to become the next perennial power that's every year going to be in that top three or four uh, this time of the year. I think it depends on whether or not they keep Heupel. Uh, Heupel's the real deal, I think. Uh, from what I understand, he's going to be sought by some of the NFL teams. Um, I, you know, there, there are different levels of football knowledge. Um, there are college coaches out there, assistants and head coaches who are not cut out for the NFL there and, and, and vice versa. 
Uh, but I hear Heupel's name come up from time to time when when their NFL jobs open. I think the key for Tennessee is going to be keeping him. I think if they do, I think they'll I think they'll stay pretty close to where they are because I think he's going to be able to recruit great quarterbacks, and um, that's where it starts. Well, they've got one coming in. I think it's Nico Ilmaweva or something. He's one of the best quarterbacks in this upcoming class. He's already got a bunch of NIL money heading his way. And so they have that at least because Hooker's 24. He's gone after this season, and you're going to have to replace him. And I'm forgetting his backup that has played at, at spots at point this season. But the expectation is that Ilmaweva kid, however you say his last name, is going to come in. I don't know if, if, if Heupel is retained – I don't know if this is a one-off year where they just had everything click right or if that's something continuity is a lot harder than we realize to consistently be up the top. I mean, what Nick Saban's done is remarkable. I don't know if Tennessee can sustain that, especially with Georgia well, being what they I'm are. I'm not saying they're going to be Alabama. I'm, 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 I'm not saying Tennessee's going to turn into Alabama. I'm not saying that. But I think that, um, I mean, you know, that's what we were saying. I mean, if 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 they keep Heupel, I think they'll stay up near the top of that division. Uh, if they don't, and they don't hire the right guy, I think they'll drop. So Tennessee right now is fifth. Tommy, I kind of agree with you. They're four B, not really fifth. Yeah. They're four B. Is there an appetite right now for you two to see Tennessee and UCLA duke it out in what would be a twelve team playoff? That would be the matchup. Be in Knoxville because they play those those first-round games at home, is there an appetite to see the Bruins travel to Knoxville for that game? Is that something you want to see? Not particularly, no. What about Oregon? I didn't even thought about it until you brought it up. What about Oregon and Ole Miss? Is that is – that, because that's what we're I trending even thought about it. That's it, what we're it, heading towards. I haven't even thought about it. it be, be, to your point, that's what an expanded playoff to 12 teams means. Now, I guess if it becomes reality, and it's going to, it's not if, it's just when, um, maybe we're more excited about it then because as a college football fan, sure, I want my team in there, but guys, I I just like watching college football. I prefer it over the pro game. I prefer, prefer it over college basketball. It's the number one thing in my sports calendar. So more college football isn't a bad thing to me. You think the NFL, Roger Goodell, and the rest of the owners are against expansion in college football because it could impact their I don't think they care. I don't think they They, care. I I think think the NFL audience is so much greater than college footballs. I I mean, look at this, guys. When Tennessee played Alabama, there were 12.5 million people that watched it, most people that have watched a college football game this year. The next day, the Chiefs played the Bills. 25 million people watched that. Twice. So, uh, I mean, um, college football playoffs a big deal, but I don't think it's got the NFL shaking in their boots. No, and, you know, the NFL operates in every major metropolitan area in our country. You know, the top – now, not all their teams are residing in the top 30 markets particularly, but, you know, Kansas City and Green Bay and some places like that. But there's two teams in New York. There's two teams in L.A. You're in Chicago. I mean, that's why they draw the masses. They're in the right place. Well, that's and, why you're not going to have whatever the college football playoff looks like. They're not going to play on Sunday. No. Nope. I can promise you that. They're not going to play on but, Sunday. They're not going to take on the NFL. The loser in this expanded playoff, and assuming they play Saturdays in December, which would be, I think, a safe assumption, is college basketball. That's when college basketball finally starts to get Maybe a, so. a little bit out of the shadow of football in November. No That's one schedules point. huge games. But Decembers and Saturday are big 
for college basketball at that point in the calendar. It's not their season, but they they get some attention. That's that's who loses in the sports landscape is college basketball. You mentioned maybe the, so, maybe so. Chuck, yeah. you mentioned the disparity between the two sports. Is there anything that the powers that be? Sankey, Bill Hancock, and everyone else that has their hands within college football. Is there anything they can do to continue to boost ratings, a rule, uh, a scheduling? What? Oh, the numbers are great. Look, I'm not knocking the numbers. The numbers are great. College football's viewership is great. Profits have never been higher. There's nothing wrong with it. There's, that's the reason they want to expand it is because it's so good. They want more. But mathematically... It's impossible for college football to draw what the NFL does. I mean, look, the college football national championship game is going to draw a huge number of people, but it's not going to be anything like the Super Bowl. No. Um, It's not even going to be anywhere close. They're two different entities. You can't compare one with the other. Each has to do what's best for the other. Neither should care what the other does beyond – it would behoove college football not to try to take on the NFL on Sundays, and that's why they don't. Yeah. Um, but but they're two different operations. I don't think there's anything wrong with either one of them. The farther north and east you go, the bigger the NFL is. The further south you go, the, the bigger college football is with people. So, I mean, and you look at – I mean, college football is centered out of places like Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and Athens, Georgia. Um, there, there's just not that many – I mean, name me a major metropolitan area. Is Northwestern? I mean, Northwestern is not the center of college football. All of these major college football programs, by and large, don't operate from major metropolitan cities. Well, the point in in my mind is both of them are doing very well. Yes. Both of them are maximizing their viewership, whether it be through traditional television, whether it be through all the streams that are available now. Both of them. And look, Major League Baseball is too. They're all maximizing their viewership. They're all making more money than they've ever made in their lives. There's nothing wrong with anybody's system. They're just not comparable. And, uh, um, you know, college football does as well as it can do. I don't think there's any problem there at all. Uh, and the NFL does as well as it can do as well. I, 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 don't, I don't think they've got anything to complain about. So why are we changing it then? College football, that, you know, the money. And well, because it's so good, the conventional wisdom is when something's really good, <laughs> if you'll just do a little more of it, it'll be even better. Right. That, yeah. That's what they're trying to sell us on, at least. Now, I, I do wonder, this is a year where the college football playoff falls on New Year's Eve. Now, you, me, and Chuck will all make plans to watch the college football playoff, assuming Arkansas is not playing at the time, which I don't think they would be. Yeah, but it's different this year. You're on a Saturday versus being on a weekday. Yes, and I I do wonder, because that's with the Rose, the deal with the Rose Bowl, the not playing, they've got the January 1st thing, they refuse to move off that day. Shouldn't be kowtowing to them anyway. How, we're talking about changes, how should Bill Hancock and company, because people have their New Year's plan set out for months, and they just will not move off of that how do you <laughs> my plan they said this the first year the first year if i'm not mistaken it was like this and everybody said oh it'll be terrible nobody will watch well a lot of people watched and uh there will be a lot of people watching now too makes my plans easier i mean but i'm in a different place in life I, i'm not the one going to make a point to stay up till midnight or stay out all night i mean what this does is make my plans easier what i'm doing on new year's eve i'll be watching college football so 
What time do y'all get to bed on New Year's Eve? As soon as the game's over, the second one? You bet. Whenever I get tired. Yeah. There's no trophy. That's when I go to bed, to when midnight. I'm tired. Yeah. I guess it used to be Dick, the late Dick Clark that his show on New Year's Eve. I didn't know if you guys were it's Dick Clark. Right. now. I, 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 it's not the same. When it's, I was I younger, yeah, Dick that Clark, was important. Dick Clark's New Year's Eve, but it's still, he's not. My a, kids think it's important. I would rather get the extra sleep. That morning. I'd, I wonder with what we have in front of us this year. And Chuck, you brought it up, I think, in hour number one. This is the first time that you think the college football playoff committee is facing maybe some difficult challenges. Will this work itself out? Will Ohio State beat out Michigan? Will TCU lose? I mean, we say sometimes, well, man, they've got a tough challenge ahead. I mean, in, in the next three weeks, and then I guess the fourth week of the conference championship, Will this work itself out where the playoff teams will just kind of showcase themselves and it'll be easier to make than, ha- than what we maybe that's generally how it. That's generally how it happens. I mean, generally by the time we get to the end, we know. We have conversations like this every year, you know. And, and look, that's what makes college football fun. It's why it's uh, as popular as it is, is it lends itself to these types of discussions year after year after year. And we keep coming back for more. Um the answer to your question is I, I, I think when we get to the point where it's time to pick the, the teams for the playoff, we may be arguing about who number four is, but um, number four is not going to win the national championship. Um, you know, and look, when we go to 12, we'll be arguing about who number 13 is, but that team's not going to win the national championship. I think we'll know when we get to the time to pick. I think I think we're going to have a pretty good idea about who the two or three best teams are. I'd, I'd, I'd agree. So, you know, in the end, I think there, this opens up an opportunity for a program like Arkansas to get into the playoff at some point. When you have a year like 06 or a year like 98 or a year like 2010 or 11, you know, you, you could probably factor in. And maybe if you catch some breaks, you go a little further than you think you would sitting here today. But – uh from that standpoint, it's good. But I don't know that it moves well, you any closer to a national long, championship. Long term, I think for the expanded playoff to work, um, you're going to have to have some upsets. And I just don't know if you're going to have the volume of upsets like you do in college basketball. Yeah, I think Madness. people are trying to create that, 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 that same environment where uh, David beats Goliath. And you'll see that occasionally in the college football playoff, but you're not going to see it with regularity like you do in college basketball. You mean we're not all going to fill out our brackets like we do in March? Uh, in well, yeah, and, 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 and my point is if we go five, eight, ten years with a 12-team playoff, and in the seventh year we're talking about, well, only one time has a 12 beat a five, or we've never had an 11-seed beat a you know three or a four seed or we've never had a one seed lose i don't think we, you know if, if if this goes on for seven or eight years and you don't see david beating goliath i don't know that it's going to have the charm we think it's going to have it might and there may be some of those upsets but i don't think it's going to be anything like basketball i i just i just i i think that's wishful thinking when you get right down to it guys let's talk about money for just a second. Yeah. The votes are in as the midterm elections come to a close, but what impact is it going to have, if any, on a highly volatile stock market? 
Well, you can check out the latest episode of the Mach 1 Market Moment podcast as local financial experts weigh in. You can head to Mach1FG.com. That's Mach, M-A-C-H, Mach1FG to find out more. Mach1FG.com. Mach 1 Financial Group LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. They're located in Bentonville. For full disclosures, visit Mach1Financial.com slash disclosures. Speak to environment. Can you imagine if Arkansas was a 5-8 through eight seed in this setup and they got ho- to host a home playoff game inside of Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium? And you talk about breaking attendance records. I would think that would probably be... Well, if be we were all millionaires, that'd be great, too. But, I mean, right now, that's that's a... Yeah, it'd be great. But, uh, um, yeah, lots of things would be great. Yeah, but I want to be a multimillionaire. That, that's, how, that's how life goes, right? It's not just enough to be there. Now I need more. We're, we've turned into a society of a bunch of extras. Everybody wants extra, you know? So let's beat LSU Saturday. Yeah. How about that? Hey, let's you, beat LSU Saturday. Real quick, uh, busy weekend. I think a lot of people will come to the basketball game Friday that uh, will you know, stay in overnight. Might as well come to the basketball game and then turn around quick Saturday morning. Plus, it'll be warm inside that building Friday night. <laughs> this is true as well. Free heat. Free heat. So, uh, Fordham, that's a 7 o'clock game, right? I the look. Fordham Rams, 7 o'clock will be the tip-off time. Yeah, I think there's going to be a nice crowd. I, I, I like Friday night basketball games before a home football game the next day. You can watch the basketball team and the football team inside 24 hours. So, uh, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, November has a lot of these. Then Arkansas turns around next week. I believe it's Wednesday. They play Troy. And then they leave. The team leaves on Friday, uh, the 18th, to go to Hawaii. So, they'll head over to Maui. And then I guess you'll you'll follow suit after the Ole Miss game. I'm going Sunday. I'm going Sunday after the Ole Miss game. I'll be there by the – sometime Sunday afternoon. And then play Monday at uh, – I guess it's 12.30 out there and 4.30 here. i got to keep my time straight. I can already see you're excited about the flight over there. Yeah, you know, it's going to be eight and a half hours of uh, <laughs> real fun. Yeah, you got to load that iPad up with, uh, you know, your favorite Netflix stuff or your, you know, whatever. you got to load that up with some things to do. Start Yellowstone. Gonna, this podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.